Welcome to this Texas Sports Nation podcast. I'm John McLean, and I can be reached at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. This is the week before the Texans prepare to go to the Combine on March 1st through the 7th. There's talk of a disruption, a boycott by 155 players. Their agents have gotten together. They don't like that they're going to keep players in a bubble for safety in Indianapolis. That's never happened, of course. The key is if those players don't show up, they still have their pro days, they have private workouts, they have interviews. One of the things about not showing up at the Combine for any player, they can choose not to work out. they got plenty of time to work out for scouts and coaches and general managers at their schools. But a lot of teams put a lot of stock in being able to talk to players for 15 minutes. And you can do 30 if you partner up with another team. You can do 60. Gary Kubiak, the Texans' former coach, said he put more stock in that than any workout they did in shorts and T-shirts with no pressure on either side of the ball. He wanted to look them in the eye and ask questions, check out their posture, see if he could find out from his experience any little thing that he was going to detect that would help them be interested in a player or not interested in a player. As you guys know, the Texans have a lot of needs on both sides of the ball. I wrote a column for Sunday that is in Sunday's Chronicle and is on TexasSportsNation.com about, okay, Lovey Smith and the staff are set. Where do they go from here? The start of the league year is March 16th. That's when they can make trades and start signing players. I do not expect Deshaun Watson to be traded on March 16th if he clears up his legal situation, meaning reaching settlements with his 22 accusers. I see him get traded close to the draft because I think multiple teams will be interested in him. I'm also interested to see if Nick Casario still tries to get three number one picks and two number twos. He was going to take three ones, a three, and a five from Miami. You can spread picks over three years. So any deal he does could be for a first-round pick in 22, 23, and 24. Because as you know, the Texans are continuing to rebuild. This is phase two. Lovey Smith is in much better shape with his roster than David Culley was a year ago. People say, well, what in the world did they do? Well, they have a quarterback who's going to be their starter going into next season in Davis Mills. They saw enough of him to make them believe he has the potential to be a legitimate starting quarterback. But nobody knows for sure. He's going to have to work hard to win that job. They're going to have to bring in another veteran to play behind him. But this time last year, they didn't have a young quarterback who could replace Deshaun Watson. They also had cleared up their cap problem. They'd like to have a lot more room. As of Friday, they were 15 and change under the cap, which put them in about the middle of the pack. Some teams are like 44 and 55 million over the cap, and that has to be rectified by the start of the league year. Texans have found some players on defense. They need more help on offense, starting with the running game. When the media is able to talk to the assistant coaches, I'm very interested to see what George Warhop, the new line coach, is going to do to improve the running game. Pass protection wasn't bad last season, considering they started 12 different offensive linemen because of injuries and COVID-19. 
they would like some stability. That's beyond their control, of course. And one of the first things they have to decide in the offensive line, do they keep Laramie Tunsil or do they trade him? Tunsil got hurt in the fifth game last year, had surgery on his thumb, didn't come back. Everybody thought he would come back, thought he could come back, but he didn't. If they have him back at left tackle, they can keep Titus Howard at right tackle and work on getting an interior offensive lineman. The best one is Iki Kwanu from North Carolina State who can play tackle or guard. He is the most fierce run blocker in the draft, and he's a good pass protector. Right now, the number one offensive lineman is Evan Neal from Alabama. The Texans are going to have a shot at one of those guys unless Nick Casario trades down from the third spot, which he very well could. But they have to decide what are they going to do up front. Now, if you go back and look at what the Patriots did when Casario was the personnel director and Bill Belichick had final say on everything, they didn't draft running backs high until they took Sonny Michelle at the bottom of the first round. James White, he was a lower pick. They had him as a third down back for years, and he did a lot of damage to a lot of teams, including the playoffs and the Super Bowl. And the Texans are one of those teams he did damage to in regular season in one playoff game. They have to decide, is Rex Burkhead going to be the third back and then bring in two more? I personally believe they need to target a back in the second round, an offensive lineman in the first round, a running back in the second round. And if they have extra picks for Deshaun Watson, they can work on defense. And when it starts on defense, they better get another end to play opposite Jonathan Grenard. Grenard had a breakout season in his second season, eight sacks in 12 games. He's got to be able to stay healthy. And if they sign Malik Collins to a second contract to go with Roy Lopez, they have their tackles. But they've got to get another defensive end. It can come flying off the edge and give them a legitimate pass rusher that's been missing. Linebackers, not a big issue. Most of the time they play two. They have plenty of candidates. What they really need is a retooling of their secondary. They're going to need at least one, maybe two safeties. They're going to need at least one, maybe two corners. Can never have enough cornerbacks. There's going to be a lot of moves made on defense. Now, offense, wide receivers, not a big deal. If they were to find a tight end that they like, I could see them drafting one in the mid-round. But they've got to focus on the offensive line, and they've got to focus on running back. You may have to draft two backs and hope you get one because if they don't improve the running game, which was worst in franchise history and worst in the NFL, next to worst in the NFL the year before, then they're going to just be spinning their wheels on offense. Think about the progress Davis Mills could have made if he had a bona fide running game. I'm not talking about a running game that's first or second or top five or top ten. I'm talking about one that, say, well, was in the top half of the teams in rushing, maybe 15 or 16 or 14, somewhere in there, but something to make some dramatic improvement to take some pressure off Mills and to allow them to sustain some drives keep the defense on the bench and fresh, not do as many three and outs, not put Mills in second and nine and second and eight situations, which they did way too many times. Those situations are ideal for the defense. So they have to improve that side of the ball. 
And they also have moves they need to make on special teams, uh, depending on who returns about punt returner like Desmond King. I don't know if he will be re-signed or not, but they need help on offense, defense, and special teams. And I'm thinking, based on the promise we saw last year's draft class make, none of them guaranteed, but all five picks showed promise, that bodes well for Nick Casario's second draft, and especially since he has more picks. It's the first time in three years I've got a first-round pick. And they've got a second rounder for the first time in two years, and they have nine picks overall. And if we learned anything about Casario in his first year on the job, he will make trades. And I'm John McLean. You can reach me at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. We always appreciate you listening, reading, and watching.